Greetings from the land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we chat about the still rolling sort of Cavs and the basketball renaissance in the land, NFL conference championships and coaching news, and beer. I'm joined tonight, surprisingly, by three of the best ever. <laughs> Co-host Phil Denko is here. Hey, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Assistant Director of Athletic and Sports Tourism, Chuck Rambaldo, is here as well. <laughs> they get better every week, man. Hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, buddy, that's a real job opening in Myrtle Beach right now if you hop is on really? com. <laughs> yeah, if you're interested. From out of nowhere, Matt Miller is here as well. How you doing, Miller? Great to be here on a proud Spotify program. I know Burke couldn't make it because he's too busy trying to download Neil Young songs on Napster, but good to be here. Denko, let's <laughs> yeah. start with you tonight. The Barrow and Furnace Borough Council is looking for the next landlord of Peel Island. The 50-acre island is a half mile off England's northwestern coast and is home to wildlife, castle ruins, and a centuries-old pub. The landlord will primarily be responsible for running the pub and maintaining other parts of the island, such as its small campsite. The best part, Denko? Tradition holds that each new landlord is crowned King of Peel in a ceremony of uncertain origin in which the new king sits in an ancient chair wearing a helmet and holding a sword while alcohol is poured over his head. Applications are still being accepted. Do you think you have what it takes to be the King of Peel? I'm going to uh, bow out of this podcast right now. I'm sorry. I have something I have to go take care of. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That sounds fantastic. I will be applying for that just so I could yell. It's my island. Yeah, <laughs> the there you time. go. Yeah. All right. Well, fellas, let's get started. We'll start at home. And as always, we'll start with our sip of wine and gold, the Cleveland Cavs weekly recap. Uh, the week started on a roll, but that roll came to a surprising stop tonight. The Cavs had a good win on Monday in their first game without Markinen and playing without Jared Allen. They dominated a healthy world champion Milwaukee Bucks team on Wednesday night, and then they dropped a very winnable game against the Pistons tonight in Detroit. 30-20 and 20 on the season at this point, uh, fourth in the East. Last week, I wanted to try to pump the brakes on expectations, and then they beat the Bucks. And I thought, well, maybe I should be pumping the brakes on pumping the brakes. And they come in, they lose a sloppy, bad game tonight, especially in the fourth quarter. And I'm on the breaks again. And I don't know what the heck is going on. What do we know about this Cavs team right now? I can tell you I know about Detroit because they played in Detroit, right? So yeah. uh, they have a Greek town. If you've ever been there, they have like this specialty dish. It's a giant block of cheese that they cover in alcohol and light on fire. And it's delicious, but very hard to play basketball after. So I'm assuming that's what happened. <laughs> They, they helps themselves to flaming blocks of cheese before the game. I mean, it's called yeah. Saganaki. Which Talbot would not approve. Without the would. Yeah. How did Bickerstaff let that happen? Chuck, what did you think about our Cavs? It was a weird week because I was super jacked about that Bucks win until I saw the press conference afterwards with Giannis. And I don't know if you guys saw it, where he's eating wings from Quaker yeah. steak and lube yeah. in it. And it just tells me like, maybe he's not taking this cast seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, oh, they play better than us. Let me chow down on these Louisiana liquors uh, today to, to lose a really winnable game, uh, terrible from the foul line and got out rebounded again. So uh, again, I'm trying not to 
you know, they, they've overachieved in my mind so far this year, and they've been such a great, pleasant surprise in my life, in the Cleveland sports fan life. So the only time this comes back to haunt them is if, if, if this happens when they make a playoff run, if they lose winnable games. So I don't know what's going on. It's been a weird week. You, you beat a good team and then lose to a, a absolute shit show in Detroit. So I'm just going to chalk it up. Hey, forget about it. Move on. Were you bothered at all by the fact that Giannis started talking about how the Cavs were in the title hunt? right now and the fact that that would bring like a bunch of attention to them i don't think i like that right now yeah i don't know i, I would have to imagine the players in the league are ahead of the curve on this right like they, they've all played the caps right they, everyone they've played everyone once and they know like all right this team's legit they've got amazing young talent but i i get what you're saying like it's like all right i want to i want to kind of fly under the radar here like no one expects us to be in the top four and here right. we are in the top four everyone look away like you know you know look over here at this <laughs> yeah. shiny thing while while the Cavs continue to do their thing so i, I don't know it, it doesn't really bother me I, the best part of the week was that bucks game and i just wonder if in a weird way, there were too many off days from that huge win to playing today. It's rare that you go from a Wednesday to a Sunday. Right. And I would say that, except the Cavs started 15 to zero in this game. Yeah. So I don't know that yep. they were rusty. <laughs> they were shutting the, the, the Pistons out, but you know, they, they did get out rebounded. There was some weird, um, weird lineup. They left lineups on the floor longer than normal, where it was the second team at the end of the first quarter, half of the second quarter, most of the third quarter. Maybe it was one of those games where I thought, okay, they could get some minutes to the twos and still pull out a win. And then that fourth quarter just went sideways. Too many turnovers and they got their asses beat on the boards in the fourth quarter. It was, that was bad. For the most part, I would say like young teams are going to have ugly games for no reason sometimes. And the best thing to do is just forget about them and move on. And if they have three more of these in the next week, then you got a problem. But for now, I don't know. It's just one bad game. But what really bothered me in the fourth quarter is that Rondo was getting real minutes at the end of the game uh, when Garland was was in there as well. And right now, Rondo just looks terrible. And I don't know, Miller, what do you think about that guy getting clutch minutes for this team? Well, I think they're going to need him to get clutch minutes in the playoffs. So I'd rather have him suck versus Detroit now and be able to pull it out whenever we're playing, whoever we're going to play in the playoffs. I think the, the Phil's point about having too much time off for young legs might actually be part of it. I mean, I'm joking about the cheese, but maybe with too much time, there's too much cheese. I also wonder you, if yeah. you think they were eating cheese like every day. Every day. <laughs> think about Who's it. Who's in charge you, of their diet? <laughs> what did you do when you had three days off, three or four days off when you were their age? Lots of stuff that would not lead you to <laughs> yeah. perform well at a basketball game. Yeah. I also wonder if Giannis's reaction with the wings and stuff is realizing that anytime someone buys an Evan Mobley poster next year, he's going to be in it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, him just sort of, you know, doing a little casual understanding of, yeah, I got posterized and it's going to be embarrassing and this is going to be the highlight. So let me come up with something a little bit weirder that maybe they'll talk about instead. I really like the way they play defense against Giannis in that game. Allen seemed like he could stay with him. And then every time he got like deep, uh, they were running somebody else at him. And it seemed like it was really effective in that game. I, again, I'm not sure what happened. Chucky, what do you think? Is Rondo our answer at backup point guard? Or like we talked about last week, are we still looking to upgrade that spot before the trade I, deadline? I think they're looking to upgrade it. They need a, a playmaker uh, at the trade deadline and, and possibly a backup true center. And I know you're saying, hey, there's a bunch of seven footers on this team. 
but it seems like when Mobley plays with that second unit at the five, that's when they're getting out rebound. And I know we let Taco hmm. kind of walk. <laughs> like, well, his, no, he's still he's, never, he's still oh, on the sorry. charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he probably won't make it back up here. But Brendan Hughes um, not letting that guy walk. No yeah. way. <laughs> do, do they expand the roster for the playoffs like the ba- like baseball? <laughs> no, hopefully, you expand everything when you bring on Taco Fall. <laughs> yeah, <Paul>. Right. <laughs> But it just seems like, and it's one game against Detroit. I don't want to overreact, but we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks that you need a playmaker to come in here, a guard. But it's the first time I've I've said maybe they need a true backup center because when they're losing, they're getting out rebounded. I think there'll be a nice move, and it's probably going to be uh, God. What is his name? Lavert, which would be great because Lavert, Gerald Lavert. Gerald Levert. might be Gerald Levert <laughs> from the OJs and yeah. you know that kind of stuff. I don't want to overreact with one game. There, there's a bunch of stuff that kind of went into it with the three days off. Maybe it's all that a huge win against the Bucks and then against a shitty team, they they drop it. But it just it seems like when they lose, they're getting out rebounded, and that is concerning. Once you get to a real playoff run, didn't we already lose to Detroit once this year? Maybe they're just a bad matchup for us. Could be. Could be like they they played. I thought defensively really tough, especially in the second half of the game today. I mean, they, they didn't look like a team at the bottom third of the conference or wherever they're at right now. I don't know. Danko might be in too hard on Rondo or, or is he secretly shitty or obviously shitty? <laughs> maybe secretly 37. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Instead it's of 35. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Cuban pitcher. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I think we're going to need Rondo as this season goes on into the playoffs, but to Chuck's point and to Miller's point too, getting some help at that position at the point guard or even the two guards, someone that can score uh, is only going to help us out. I think Rondo's leadership is important. He looks like he's having fun out there on, on, with this team. Like he does, like I'm de- he's playing defense. He's stealing the ball. He, he was doing that today. Yeah, just it's can't just, score. We can't rely on score. him. Yeah. No. We can't rely on, on Rondo to, to score points for this offense. So that's where we're we're missing the Colin Sexton and and certainly um what's his name too Rubio it was Rubio. Rubio that's exactly yeah. what he was doing so man yeah. I, I think they go after a one or a two that is a double digit scorer we've got the defenders on the roster already you know and they just work yeah. that rotation that way so I'm not worried about Rondo I just think right now he's being asked to do something that we probably shouldn't be asking him to do. Speaking of the bench, the the one stat that really jumped out at me from that Bucks game was the Cavs bench <laughs> outscored the Bucks bench 57 to 15, which I think is a pretty amazing stat. The nice thing about the NBA is that there's a lot of like available information on the internet about like a lot of interesting statistics. So you can look at bench ratings and scoring and averages and minutes and stuff like that. And the Cavs bench is in the middle of the pack to the lower middle of the pack, no matter how you, you measure it statistically, but I see this team from, especially over the last month or so that the bench has been really effective. Kevin Love, Jetty Osmond, uh, the Stevens guy. It seems to me like they're playing really well and having a big impact on games. So what do you think? You believe the statistics or you believe the eye test? You know, with the bench, I think it's the, they're on the bench for a reason and, and they're a little bit streaky. Chetty being a classic example of that where you know how do we say this guy's name is it jetty or seti or chetty i think he prefers jetty like like the word jet like a j like a soft j interesting i think that's how he's instructed people to say it but then do we turn it into an h like yogging is it yeti i can't yeti (laughs) we could use another seven footer the yeti on the team yeah (laughs) anyway sorry no i 
Okay. I just didn't no, know. Go it's, ahead. It's it's a good point. Yeti will drain threes <laughs> and make like 20 some points and then he will do nothing and look embarrassing. Kevin Love is our age and he will score 25 points and 25 points and then do a bunch of rebounds and then he'll pull a Kevin Love and, you know, I, I, so I think they're just streaky. I think they're, you know, we're going to get bursts from them. They're not enough to carry us or else they'd be starting. I also, didn't we have, we had a four game losing streak in early December and that stormed, that sort of seemed like it was going to be a re-correction from the way the season was going. Like, okay, they've hit the wall. Mobley's hit the rookie wall. People are figuring us out. And then after four games, they turned it around and had, yeah. uh, I think, one of the best records in the rest of the month and also in January. So maybe this is just a little bit of a, you know, a, a little recalculation. Um, maybe they need the all-star break and it looks like a lot of them are going to get it. So, you know, maybe it just, they just need a, a little bit of a rest. Danko, what do you think? Stats or eyes on our bench? I'm, I'm surprised to hear that they're in the middle of the pack because I, I guess I'd be leaning yeah. toward the eye test because I, I <laughs> while watching this team, think the bench is one of our strengths. I mean, countless weeks that we come on this podcast and we talk about how we have six and possibly even seven guys in double figures. So that's one or two guys off the sure. bench every game scoring in double figures. The Bucks game was, again, you know, the, the ebb and flow of this. The Bucks game was amazing. I think you said we had, what, 57 points off the bench? Yep. And like 48 of those were between Jetty and, and Kevin yeah. Love. So. Yeah, exactly what Miller's saying. Yeah, yeah right. I, like, thought, I thought we agreed to go with Yeti. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing Jetty. I, I'm going to lean toward the eye test because I feel like the way this season's been going, our bench has made a huge difference in a lot of games. And that's the weird thing about the statistical part of it, right? Like what if, all right, so did the bench just play terribly in a game that they eked out against someone like the Knicks and you still get a W or did the bench play terrible in a game we got beat by a team that, all right, is much better than us? I don't know. You know, it's, I, I think having two to three guys off the bench that are capable of scoring double digits is huge. All right, Chucky, final word. Good grief. I, mean, I don't know what I can say that everybody else hasn't <laughs> other than I'm pretty sure most national guys are calling them CD. So that's what I've been calling. Yeah. So yeah, I, me too. I'm, I'm way off. So I should apologize <laughs> as your Cavs correspondent that it's Yeti or Jetty. That's the only thing I'm confused about. But uh, end of the day, uh, numbers don't lie. So I guess I would go with statistics over eye test only because uh, as we get older, our eyes get worse. All right. <laughs> well, that's it for our sip of wine and gold. And again, we're at this point where there really just isn't a whole lot of stuff going on in Cleveland pro sports news, but I've got good news for you guys because college sports in the land are hopping. Men's basketball in Cleveland is part of a renaissance of basketball in the city. Baldwin Wallace, 11 and five, fourth in the Ohio athletic conference case, Western reserve 13 and two, ranked 24th in the country in Division Three, third in the University Athletic Association, or the UAA. And did you know the UAA's nickname is the Nerdy Nine? Because it's all primarily academic institutions who got together to play sports against each other. And the Ivy League was taken. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we had to go with the Nerdy Nine. CSU Vikings coming off of last year's tournament bid, 13-4. and four and 9-1 and one in the Horizon Conference. And it's not just the men. The Lady Vikings from CSU are 11-3, and 7-2 in the conference, and third in the Horizon League. Uh, John Carroll University, 14-2. and two, uh, streaks. And 9-1 and, and ranked first in the OAC right now. Really? So did you guys know that there was a basketball renaissance going on in Cleveland? 
I knew CSU the was doing pretty well. <laughs> I mean, other yeah, I mean, I knew CSU was doing well because I read some columns about them. Uh, but I had no idea my alma mater is number one in the OAC. I knew um, it all but Case Western. That was the one I wasn't aware of. Case Western women's basketball team has no members from Cleveland. The or Case Western men's basketball team aren't you a proud you're an alum aren't you i am this is where i got my law degree yeah the men's team also has nobody from cleveland so can we count case western's teams as part of the basketball renaissance in the land why not they they play (laughs) basketball in cleveland they do play i think that's (laughs) the argument for yeah, the Cavs have any anyone on the Cavs from Cleveland? I'm going to no. say no. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people on CSU aren't from Cleveland either. Uh, right. It's definitely like the Bolton Wallace and the John Carroll teams that are that are loaded up with with Clevelanders. And even um, BW, I think a lot of those kids are not from. Not that you would know, but not. Right. So I've heard. Rumor, <laughs> right. rumor yeah. No, they actually do have a lot. You see, I mean, it's not everybody. They're, they're all recruiting from different places. How many conference champions are coming out of Cleveland this year? And you can count the Cavs if you want. Conference champ. I don't even like we're talking Eastern Conference or like that subdivision of the conference within the Eastern Conference that we get a banner for. Eastern Conference. Knows who's in it. Eastern what, conference. What are we like the mid, are we the Atlantic, the Northeast? What are you talking about? The Cavs. <laughs> There's the Eastern Conference, but it's divided. Are they in into the Central? Sub- They're in the Central, central Division. Central. I have no idea. Who else is in there? The Bucks, Pittsburgh yep. Pirates. The Cavs are not winning the conference, so you cannot, you don't have to yeah, include that. It's not the Just division number of all the that. colleges. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think the Cavs. I don't think any of them. Okay, zero. so Miller's at zero. zero. Dango, where are you? I'm going with two. Someone's going down in the nerdy nine, and uh, I think one of JCU's teams, men's or women's, will win their conference. All right, Chucky, how about you? I got to take the over of Phil for gambling. Uh, I'm going to take the. I'm going to take three. Carroll, Case, and uh, Cleveland State. I'll go with three as well. I think uh, Case and the CSU men's team and the John Carroll women's team are all pulling off conference championships, but we cannot talk about the hoops renaissance in the land without mentioning the first family of Cleveland college hoops, the Nagy's mom and dad, Mary Lou and Attila Nagy are proud parents of Olivia Nagy. Who's a senior at John Carroll. She was the 2021 OAC tournament MVP, the 2021, 2020 and 2019 OAC defensive player of the year. And she has the most blocks in JCU program history. Her little brother, Zoltan Nagy, yes. is a freshman at Baldwin Wallace. I know you don't want to mess with the Zoltan, but who do you think <laughs> wins a game of one-on-one between the Nagy's? Oh, man. Zoltan every day of the week. <laughs> Even though Dikembe Nagy with her blocks, I, I think her, <laughs> her brother's taking her, taking her to the hoop every time. Not a n- random name generator in that family, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Phil Zoltan, uh, just because I'm a big fan of Big, and that's the only time I've ever heard the name. Zoltan. <laughs> what was the What was the daughter's name again? Olivia. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. All right, because you have one of those, right? Yeah, you have one of those at home. Um, I'm going with Olivia, too, just based on the experience. It's a four-year starter in college, and Zoltan is still just a freshman. And uh, with that, fellas, we're going to close out our first segment. We'll take our first break. We'll come back and talk some NFL Championship Sunday. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road and start with NFL Championship Sunday. Chiefs versus Bengals was the early game. And I don't know, take your pick. Things that prove we don't know anything about football. Any truth to the report that the Chiefs thought the game was over at the half? 
Are the NFL playoff rules finally vindicated? What the hell did we just watch? Chuck? All of them are under consideration. <laughs> uh, it's tough because I watched that game uh, and talked very big going into that game, thinking the Chiefs were going to roll, and it looked like they were going to fucking roll them <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> I don't even need to watch the second half, but I guess when you are first and goal up 21-10 and you come out of it with zero points before yep. the half, where they throw that cutesy little swing pass yep. where basically Mahomes probably could have walked into the end zone if he ran right or walked briskly to the right. <laughs> um, I don't want to say that's where they lost the game, but like, man, either the Bengals did a hell of a job with making adjustments at the half or really, let's be honest, like Patrick Mahomes looked like absolute dog shit in the second half some of those sacks he took i was like um, like i have no vested interest in this game i should hate him like i hate seth curry but fuck, like uh, like i'm <laughs> screaming at him why why are we dancing and spinning and taking sacks when he shouldn't have been what a, it was a weird game and i, I don't want to shit all over the Bengals because they've overachieved but i want to shit all over the Bengals because i say this like through this <laughs> playoff run that should be the fucking browns literally <laughs> wasn't that our expectation young yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good receivers. Yeah. We're yep. going to make a deep playoff run. We're going to surprise people. <laughs> Fucking hell. And we beat <laughs> well, them. I didn't mean for our recap of the Chiefs Bengals game to diverge into a, Sorry. Uh, a sob fest about the Browns. Phil, what do you think about the game today? It was a crazy game. It was, it was like two separate games separated by the halftime. Right. And, and I, I'm going to lean towards the adjustment side that Chuck brought up from the, from the Bengals standpoint, they came out in that second half. I could be wrong here. Uh, I was not paying that close attention, but it looked to me like they ran a three man front the rest of the game, which yeah. put eight guys back, no rush, no pass rush whatsoever. You had three guys, right? So you had no pass rush whatsoever. And you just covered everybody. You let Mahomes run all over the place and run himself into or out of plays. And they got away with it, which I was surprised by. Cause I thought, man, all the chiefs have to do here is call a quick, quick little bubble screen to Tyreek Hill and, they're going to destroy this defense. There's no one to cover that guy at the line of scrimmage. They didn't do it. <laughs> so I don't know, yeah. you know, maybe it was one of those things where the, the Bengals thought, all right, we're going to, we're going to start the second half this way. Cause we're back in the game. We got lucky to not give up any points at the end of that first half. And we're back in this game. So we're going to rush. Nobody drop everyone back in this weird umbrella coverage and see what Mahomes does with it. And it just kept working. So Miller, what do you think? Was this the Bengals being really good or the chiefs just choking in that second half? a couple things there one i think we underestimated the free agent signings the Bengals made this past year they they grabbed a couple of people that i think a lot of teams would have liked to have had and we i didn't think too much about it because i thought well they must suck if the Bengals signed them but they didn't um they they drafted six wide receivers in the past 10 years and they ended up making great decisions on all of them unlike the the lions when they tried that strategy and, and they gave a coach time to mature and figure out what what it is he does well and they gave burrow time to heal so you know i think they've they've put together a pretty decent team that i don't think should be underestimated i can't i can't help but think though as i was watching that that there's some way kansas city is going to figure out how to win this mm -hmm. and then mahomes started playing like he was on the browns yeah right because think <laughs> yeah. about that if if we that game was switched let's say that yeah. was browns kc and it ended on baker mayfield throwing a pick or like it did when we played them in the first game of the season right he would have been hung in effigy and no one's going to say anything about patrick mahomes because he's already taken him to two super bowls and four straight afc concert you know conference championship games and he's great in state farm commercials not as good as baker isn't progressive but he does okay so you know there's this whole sort of juxtaposition of what his resume brings that he can make those mistakes that baker doesn't have the upside of doing the two super bowls that he can make that same mistake 
Um, so that, I, that's, you know, I just kept thinking they were going to figure out, so if there was a second on the clock, they were going to figure out a way to win it. Part of me wonders if there was some letdown from the game last from weekend. last I week mean, sure that was really I, I it's hard to that that was the super bowl i i would be hard pressed to think we're going to find a better game there's been lots of good games and they've all ended you know in in sort of sudden death fashion of some some way shape or form but at least in my limited viewing that was the best one and i can't imagine that even this game we're watching right now which is really close which is probably going to come down to the last possession because every other game has then maybe the super bowl will too uh, but man, that was it was just riveting, right? They weren't exchanging field goals; they were exchanging touchdowns. And with 13 seconds left, coming back to tie it, so I wonder if there's a letdown from that um, that that possibly came into effect. They assumed they were going to win. They're playing at home. They're playing the Bungles, and and the Bengals show up to play. Yeah, it's funny because I think you're right that there's there's a chance that the best two teams we could put on the field were the the Bills and the Chiefs in that game. We saw them play an incredible game, but even that kind of disrespects the Bengals. Because they came in this week and they won, they won. I'm I'm as shocked I think as anybody that they did it. But um, I I was looking at the same thing you were, Phil. That they just had so many guys in coverage, and Mahomes couldn't find anybody. And that that felt like the whole second half. It felt like a very Brownsian type of game. I think that weird play at the end of the first half when Kansas City should have scored and didn't is a type of play the Browns call at the goal line without enough time to spike the ball or something. And the inability to make that adjustments to that defense that they were running in the second half, when you think they should be able to, again, great head coach, great offensive coordinator, best quarterback in the league, you should be able to figure something like that out. And they just didn't. Um, And so I guess all the credit in the world of the Bengals for somehow pulling that out and getting to the Super Bowl in a year that nobody, nobody had the Bengals pick to go to the Super Bowl, right? Not even Bengals fans were picked in the Bengals to get there. But. Doesn't it really just sort of reiterate how close this league is? Yeah. Like the Browns yeah. didn't sure. make the playoffs and we beat the Bengals twice. Uh, we lost to the, the Chiefs by a touchdown. I mean, it, it, it's it's so close. And I, I, I listened to the recap or the project, projections we did for the season that just happened. And I, I, I said something about, you know, we won a lot of close games. I'm not sure we're going to win this year. And I don't think we did. I yeah. think the teams that are winning those close games are the teams that are still in it. And yeah, they have better quarterbacks and maybe they have some other people to stand up, but the margin is so close between even Jacksonville and the two teams that are going to be in the Super Bowl. That's a difference between a coach and a couple fewer interceptions and maybe one one or two stops on third down. And and that's the difference between being in the top 10 in the draft and, and winning the Super Bowl. It's yeah. ridiculous how close that gap is. It's just one of those things that points to like the craziness of the parody of the NFL and the fact that the Browns have been bad for so long because the Bengals were what four and 12 last year uh, and not good in the years before that for several years. And here they are bouncing right back into the Super Bowl because they got the right coach, the right quarterback, and they put together a, a good young team on both sides of the ball basically in a year or two. Uh, and how, how have the Browns been bad for 20 years when that's exactly what the system is designed to do? I don't know. So that's it for the Chiefs and the Bengals. The 49ers-Rams game is still going on right now. Uh, minute 46 left in the game. The Rams just took a 20-17 to 17 lead. Uh, are, are we all rooting for a Bengals 49ers rematch in the Super Bowl? Yeah, most people so. in our demo would be. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. Reminds us of our childhood. But how many of you yeah. think Garoppolo's got what it takes to take him down the field here in a minute forty? I would be doubtful of it, except they have Debo Samuel. So I think if you get him the ball, 
get him the ball yeah. and get into field goal range and see what happens, right? Yeah. So um, of all the quarterbacks still in this, right? He's the one people I would imagine are least afraid of. He, he might go to the Super Bowl pass, and not be on this team next year. Yeah, they've kind of turned him loose a little tonight. Like he's he threw more in the first half than he did throughout most of the season. I think 15 for 27, 235 oh, yeah. touchdowns. That's he's a, having a big a game. Respectable yeah. Yeah. Line oh, yeah. For, yeah. for a quarterback that everybody's been doubting that they drafted his replacement this year. So I think it helped his replacement didn't play all that well. He's not ready. Not even close. Trey Lance is, is not ready yet. So I don't know. Jimmy G just got a ball spiked back into his face. Yeah. So this final drive of the game is not looking exactly like Mahomes is running it. You guys um, might be behind me because the Rams intercepted that. Did everybody see that? Nope. Yeah, nope. No. No. Rams have the ball in like the 10 yard line. This game's over now. They got to take oh. oh, so the stupid right Hulu. Oh, shit. Hulu <laughs> Live is such bullshit. Live my is, ass. Yeah. We have almost live sports. <laughs> I still don't have an interception. I've got a. Yeah, I don't have an interception. That was a completion either. on the sideline. Yeah. What, Are we two plays time? behind? Yeah, Miller. Could how be. much time's left in your game? Um, a minute nine, I think. Damn it! Yeah, we are two plays behind. Yeah, it's third and thirteen for me. Oh, here. don't throw this <laughs> okay. ball! He threw the ball. Why would yeah. you throw that ball? Still he hard. under he autogrammed that ball. He underhand threw it while getting uh, sacked. Beautiful. We call right. that a Brendan Whedon. Well, <laughs> so there the, the the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> There's a minute nine. Are the, are the <laughs> yeah, right. a home game for them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they Second will year in still a row, have right? fewer fans than Cincinnati will. Yeah. Who's the favorite? Rams in the Super yeah. Bowl. L.A. Rams. Ah, oh, Chucky, what do you think? Coach has been there. Yeah, before. Rams. Disrespecting um, the Bengals. I continue to, yeah. Everybody continues to. The, so. the Bengals just beat the number one seed in the AFC on the road, and then went against the best team in the AFC in the last four years on the road and beat them too. And you're not willing to put them in as like a three point favorite in this one? No way. But these Vegas guys, is gonna, beat, Vegas is going to disrespect the, the Bengals too. Vegas is going to uh, disrespect the Bengals by five and a half points. I bet. And right. that doesn't mean the Bengals won't win. How often does Vegas make the? In a playoff game, the home team, the underdog. Never. Yeah, I guess. Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. And is this going to be the first home team Super Bowl? No, oh, last year, no, Bay. Tampa. Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's, it's the first time the home team hosted oh, the championship right. game and the Super Bowl because yeah. Tampa had to go on the road last year yeah. to yeah. win. Yeah. Well, that's it for NFL <laughs> Championship Sunday <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Let's talk about the NFL coaching carousel because it feels like it's been a really strange few weeks as teams look for their head coaches. So let's hit a couple of these. Which team do you think made the best move towards ensuring their franchise will stay terrible? Miami when it fired Brian Flores or the Texans who right now seem to be leaning towards hiring Josh McCown as their head coach? Player coach? (laughs) (laughs) Phil? So which of those two teams ensured that they will be shitty again? Yes. Um, that's hard because I because I don't know who Miami's new coach will be, but you're you got rid of Twitter says Harbaugh. Yeah. Oh god. We're gonna get to it, Miller. <laughs> Miami got Minnesota rid of Minnesota said okay. Harbaugh on Twitter. Yeah, We're gonna I get to it, Chuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, so between between Miami and and Houston, who ensured that they were gonna still be shitty going forward? Um, we're gonna get to it, Phil. I know. I think we just got to it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Houston if they hire McCown because Miami still has a chance to hire someone good. I guess. Are you guys mispronouncing know. McDaniel? 
No, no, he's going, going to Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah, we're going to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Is Luke McCown part of the package deal? <laughs> yeah. They haven't made any announcement about that yet, but Josh McCown has had two interviews with the Texans. And again, Twitter is saying like he's the favorite from like inside sources. Chuck, what do you think? Which team is guaranteeing they're going to be shitty for a while? I'm assuming just because of the, the shape of the roster, it's the Texans. There's a, there's there's talent in Miami at skill positions and on defense. I know they had a, a cream puff schedule in the second half, but they still won seven or eight games in a row. So surprising they fired Flores, but they're set up for the future with at least a better roster than what the Texans have. And with really no draft capital, I don't think much left after, uh, God, who was the guy? That poor bastard yeah, who coached him in the team. Yeah, O'Brien yeah. just ruined him. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Finns. I think a lot depends on whether or not McCown, or however we're pronouncing it, is able to get Deshaun Watson to come play for them next year. Because I think that changes the conversation significantly. If you have a quarterback, you've got a decent chance of being a decent team. The Texans have been good before, so it depends on uh, what sort of the legal uh, ramifications of, of the rub and tug stuff with Watson is going to be and, and whether or not McCown can actually convince him to come play. I lean towards the Dolphins. Flores had back-to-back winning seasons. The organization did not make a good choice on Tua Tungla-Vaioya. I almost got it. Um, as their good. quarterback. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just shocked that you fire... Flores after he's had two winning seasons and to me that's the formula for being bad for a long time is just keep continuing to replace head coaches so I lean towards them scale of one to five one being awesome five being hilarious where do you rate Jim Harbaugh having one good season at Michigan and then leaving for the NFL because he is in talks to interview with the Vikings and the Dolphins are also in play one is awesome and five is hilarious or was it the yeah. other way around yep I mean I'm, I'm gonna put in the middle the guy's a good coach <laughs> He's, he's a fine coach. It's not his fault that, well, it is his fault. He decided to go to Michigan and, and couldn't win big games until kind of this year, I guess. So I'm never going to question the pedigree of any Harbaugh as a head coach. So two and a half. Danko? I actually think Harbaugh is a better NFL coach than a college coach, given everything we've seen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give it kind of a two leaning towards awesome. I think uh, if he wants to go to bed at, at the end of his weekend, having won a football game more oftentimes than not, maybe he goes back to the pros. The first time Harbaugh went to the NFL is after Mike Singletary got fired from the 49ers, correct? And, yep. and he yeah. had a pretty decent team. Oh, yeah. Took him to the playoffs. Didn't do as well as everyone would have hoped, but you know, was a tough coach, defensive minded coach. He came in, all the pieces were there. He shined them up a little bit, put some Harbaugh football magic on it, and they go to the Super Bowl. I envision that this is a very similar situation that he's he's eyeing here in Miami. Warm weather town, already has a decent roster, quarterback questions a little bit, but as a college coach, he's used to playing multiple quarterbacks anyways and replacing a defensive-minded coach that was uh, not big on personality but big on, on um, discipline and bringing in some of the that khaki magic to see what he can do. So I, I, I'm not surprised to hear that that might potentially happen because it seems like a, a little bit of a deja vu all over again. I just think it's hilarious that he spent all these years at Michigan losing big games and having disappointing seasons. And then the minute he has a winning season and gets into like the playoff, he's out the next year for an NFL job. I think that's fantastic. Byron Leftwich. Smart business. Because, you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to beat Ohio State 10 times? Nope. No. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Right. But he's at least given them some hope that, um, that, that, program is turning around and and reaching that elite level again and as soon as he gives it to him he rips the carpet out from under him and he's out and i just think it's funny i'm not saying he's doing the wrong thing 
I'm just amused by it. Yeah. That's all. I, you know, saying. he shits the bed in the Ohio State game next year, and all of a sudden he doesn't get the offers anymore. And it turns out, you know, yeah. recruiting is a tough gig in college. I envision that that's is probably a very smart business decision with him. I also find it hilarious, but as someone who would prefer Ohio to win over Michigan, I'm thinking, yeah, that, that's probably a good bet. And they're going to bring in some San Diego State assistant coach, and they're going to suck for another decade. Well, it's fingers crossed. Let's <laughs> not get greedy. Um, Byron Leftwich might be hired as the head coach in Jacksonville, but apparently wants the GM to be fired first. So when was the last time you went into a job interview and agreed to take the position only if the person who interviewed you was fired first? <laughs> Who's winning this fight in Jacksonville? The GM or Byron Leftwich as a possible new head coach? Jacksonville's owner... I think is potentially an outside the box thinker and might think, all right, I need to get my next head coach in here and be willing to entertain that possibility. Right. I mean, we've seen it too much in Cleveland. You, you want the head coach and the GM to kind of come in together yeah. or at very least be on the same page. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, if Mr. Khan decides that left, which is the guy, sorry, GM, you're out. We're going to find another guy that, that matches up with Byron. Who did the GM hire prior? <laughs> yeah, not right. a great move. Right. right. It sort of puts you in a Dorsey scenario where you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, you got one shot to finally do it and you hire uh, Freddie Kitchens or Urban Meyer. And, you know, both of them end in some sad lap dances, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he loses that battle because, yeah. you know, if he wants to win football games, you've got a chance to take a guy who's been to the Super Bowl last year and won it, you know, has worked well with Tom Brady and actually called the plays as far as I know. I don't know if Ar I know Arians had probably had a hand in the offense significantly, but I think Leftwich actually called the plays. You saw the guy hobble at Marshall and be carried by two of his offensive linemen up to the ball and win a bowl game. I mean, the guy is just balls of steel and he was a first round draft pick of Jacksonville. So he's he's coming back. And he did okay in Jacksonville, right? He wasn't the savior they had hoped he'd be, but he was okay. Like, he had a couple decent years. So I could see that being a smart hire for them. And he probably looks at the status of what's going on there right now and going, look, you know, if this is going to be a circus, I'd rather stay in Tampa. All right, Chucky, final word, buddy. Close us out. Again, with the final word. I guess uh, what you want in any situation, whatever job you're going into, is synergy. And if they don't have that there, uh, if the GM has been in question, because that's a desirable job, whether you think it is or not. They have a maybe a future great quarterback there. They have the number one pick this year. And if you're not on the same page with the GM or you don't have any leverage over what players you're bringing in, I, I don't see how you make that work. Like, I can't believe that dude survived as the, I don't know the GM's name. I can't believe that guy survived for this long, whether it's been a year or two years or three years after the Urban Meyer stuff, like Byron left, which will probably be a head coach in the NFL at some point. It's, it's weird. Cause only 32 of those jobs available, right? Can, do you, yeah. do you have the balls to say, I'm not ready right now. If this is the situation where, you know, that situation can be advantageous as a coach because you have draft capital and a young roster yep. and possibly a good quarterback. This is weird to say, but I hope the GM loses out. I hope they, I hope Tony Khan and <laughs> yeah. his weird mustache yeah, right. shows him the door. <laughs> but Tony Khan? Yeah. Or whatever his name I is. I like this better. His son's Tony. Tony. <laughs> Sorry, his son is Tony Khan. I apologize. But every Andy year, Khan. every year, though, there's six to eight openings, right? Yeah. Like it just That's seems that way. Said. So, right. 
don't know. Believe that's what he said. <laughs> Believe that's what he said. <laughs> I'll find six to eight open. I got I got seven by my count. <laughs> that's six to eight. You're right in the middle. It's good. Mm-hmm. Leftwich might be sitting back and thinking like, all right, if they don't move this GM, there's plenty of openings after next season. At some point too, right? You want to be a head coach. You don't want to be a coordinator for your whole life. And this is a pretty good situation. Sands the GM who who's a shitbag apparently in Jacksonville. So uh, even if a well, bunch of jobs come Byron. up every <laughs> like even if a bunch of jobs come up every year, uh, they don't come up with the number one draft pick every right. year. So right. uh, I think that's why it's desired. Plus, like Miller said, he's a and- legacy there. He was a player there. Plus and a quarterback in place, right? Trevor Lawrence. You yeah. have a, you don't have right. to draft a quarterback number one. Yeah, you're, like you're walking yeah. into a running situation back. where, like, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you're good. You yeah, that, pretty- that's true. They still have Travis Etienne. Never played this year. Right. Um, right. <laughs> still sitting on their bench, getting ready for next year. All right, fellas. With that, we're going to close out this segment. Take our last break. Come back and talk about beer. Nice. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll go off the field and into the brewery. Let's talk beer and take a look at some of the industry trends that may be coming in 2022. Insiders are predicting that because people became more health conscious during the pandemic, craft breweries are going to start making more traditional lagers, less calories, less ABV than some of the other craft beers that have been out there. So first of all, does anybody believe that people got more health conscious during the pandemic? No. (laughs) Got worse. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I will believe that somebody got more health conscious during the (laughs) pandemic, but I don't think everybody did know. So if they're leaning towards production of new or more traditional lagers, do you have a lager that's kind of your go-to one, your light craft lager that you go to when you get an opportunity? Man, I don't know if I have a go-to, but I have a, a, this is certainly recency bias well well, not really miller and i spent many times at a brewery on the near east side of cleveland called noble beast before the pandemic and then a little bit during but mostly before the pandemic and they never they never bottled or canned any of their beers but they have fantastic beers and recently they started bottling their lager of all their beers instead of their like heavy hitters they didn't bottle it they canned it i'm sorry they canned their bohemian pilsner and it's fantastic So if I see that out there, I will go to that for sure. So I am currently drinking a case of Budweiser, not Bud Light, not Bite, not one of their seltzers or whatever else they're selling now, but actual Beechwood aged Budweiser. And it's delicious. It's crisp. It's got a little bit of flavor to it. If I'm looking at a craft brewery that does something like that, that Platform had something called LED, Light Easy Drinker, which was one of my favorites. You could go there in the summertime two o'clock in the morning they're crushable crushworthy by um is that platform as well does crushworthy no that's uh great lakes i think great lakes great lakes crushworthy that was my summer drink this past year so that's a nice one that sort of fits in there it's a low-cal beer so it's meant to compete with like michelob ultra that's got a little more flavor to it well i'm kind of like the outlier of you guys when it comes to beer drinking uh i have always been a lager or light beer guy and not i'm not saying you guys are snobs you just love beer more than i love beer <laughs> you can I'm say we're like, snobs if you want yeah, that's actually snobs. one of the nicer things you've bullshit. ever said think about yeah, natty yeah. light <laughs> right i enjoy natty light i enjoy bud light like miller yeah. i enjoy a bud heavy so i'm not checking out any crafties when it comes to my beers uh usually i stick with you know like like the classics the, there's a reason that those beers sell <clears throat> way more than craft ones and i get it uh but i'm always going to stick with bud light high life or anything along those lines so the question was about craft beer but i agree with chuck like i have always stocked my fridge with miller high life always yeah. 
because yeah. Yeah. the colder it gets, beers. the better it is. And that's the beer I come in. Like I could go out for a run and come in and pound some Miller High Life. It, it tastes fantastic. Yeah. I just have finished a case of Genesee. Yeah. During. <laughs> Genesee 12 Horses. I think I talked about this last yeah, time, but it's like an original beer from Genesee. And Genesee, I, I like regular Genesee. I like cream ale, but there's something about the, the 12 Horses that was really tasty, too. I would go with uh, a local place here in Ludington, the Jamesport Brewery, uh, has a really good Kolsch, which, again, like like you guys are saying, it's, a, it's light, crisp, really good summer drinking beer. Uh, I, I like that one a lot if I'm going to go with a lager. Next trend is that the IPA is played out. There are too many IPAs, and the market has become oversaturated with New England style or hazy IPAs. According to Ben Bruker, the chief of brewery sales at Schlafly Beer in St. Louis, before, before craft really began kicking in the mid-90s, the balanced amber, the non-light lager drinker's choice. If you're not ordering an IPA, would you go with an amber? And if so, which one are you going for? I would actually go with an amber anyways. I spent way too much time up in New England with the New England IPAs, which just have so much hops in it. Your mouth goes... Like, it's just variations Thanks of IPA. Thanks for that. That works well You go to a brewery, and it's like, which type of IPA would you like? And I was like, do you have anything else? Yeah. Anything at all. Yeah. Literally water with some hops just sort of washed through it. Just something I can drink. I enjoy an IPA on occasion, but uh, when that's all there is or that is the main focus, it sort of loses me. If I want to drink bong water, I might as well get high first. I, I just don't enjoy it as much as a, as a beverage as I used to. Like, there's a time and place for it, but it's not my go-to anymore. Danko, how about you? What was the question? <laughs> well, like, was it, <laughs> I'm not sure the question that Miller Ben answered, Bernanke the... <laughs> and... Uh, no. Ben futures. All, all I kept Everybody thinking about was I, I've known like three people named Amber and they were all attractive. That's all I came out of that with. It really is a good no name. That's why they named the alert after. The whole idea is that if IPAs are played out and we're going to kind of go back to if you weren't going to drink a lager, the, the choice before IPAs became big was a lot of people would be drinking Ambers rather than like a, like a light lager of some kind. So is there an Amber that you would go with? If you're played out with IPAs. Yeah, I, I like um, uh, what what's it called? I think it's it's up there in Michigan. I, I, it's it's a American the Bells Bells. Yeah, Bells. But it's Oberon. Oberon mm-hmm. is their like American, yeah. uh, not an ale. It's their amber. I think it's their amber. Basically, no, Oberon like is more moon, like, right? a, like, like a like a summer. Vice, good. Yeah. An amber. I don't know. My go to amber. I can't even remember her last name. Chucky, how about you? hate ipas um <laughs> i would rather drink pond scum uh the only amber truly that i like is the one the mosquito was caught in in jurassic park i guess because it Ooh, gave me a, a nice good. series of films uh so yeah ipa I, i'd rather just say hey guys i'm gonna i'm gonna stay sober tonight <laughs> okay all right next one sours are going to be expanding oh. craft beer makers betting on sours in 2022 and 2023 they fit into this locale less abv movement they appeal to a wider range of drinkers and according to statistics on the internet there are now more female drinkers under the age of 25 than males i find that statistic extremely hard to believe but nonetheless Danko, how about a sour? I've tried several sours over the years and this goes all the way back to our first trip to austin that was, I think, our first yearly trip. And yep. I had no idea that a sour existed, except we went to that bar that had 
a billion different beers and Bonhard bought me a sour because that's a Bonhard thing to do. And um, I hate them. I, I don't, I, sours are terrible. <laughs> Every sour I've had, uh, I don't care what brewery it's from. It's not at all what I want in my alcoholic beverage. So um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a natty light in that case. Chucky, how about you? I can tell where this one's going. <laughs> yeah. If there's Chuck, one thing Chuck I and I are hanging out together, IPAs. If there's yeah. one thing I hate more than IPAs, it's <laughs> fucking sours. Uh, yeah, I'm with Phil. Just uh, crack open a 30 pack of Natty Light, and we can have 10 each and still be just mm-hmm. fine. My favorite part of this segment is the glint of disappointment in Gerber's eyes that we're not taking this topic seriously. <laughs> I think we're taking it exactly as seriously as I expected us to. This is how this is how every podcast goes by the time we get to this segment. Miller, are you a sour guy? They're okay. To me, it's like an IPA. I'll have one. I'm not drinking a sour all night long. I'm not going to drink an IPA all night long. If I'm doing a sampler and they have a nice sour or an IPA, I'll include that in the mix. There's a place called Funkin' Ship that is a sour brewery for platform that is in sort of a part of Cleveland that's not quite been gentrified, but it's a fun little uh, jaunt if you're um, you know willing to, to willing to find a place to park. And they've got a really cool facility. It's inside. It's all sours. And it was great. Had a good time. But I would not frequent there on a regular basis, right? That's not my go-to. So I, I, when people ask me what kind of beer I like, I like the kind of beer that has alcohol and that will get me drunk. The flavor profile to me is is not, um, you know, uh, it, I will drink more of some things and less of others. But other things have higher IBV and others have less. So it, to me, it's tomato, tomato. I'll enjoy a sour once in a while. My wife likes them, so I like them as well. And so that that's my answer. Every once in a while, a sour is fine. But I couldn't sit down for like a night of hanging out and drinking beers and drink sours all night long. Couldn't do it. It's like a peanut butter beer, right? Have you ever had a peanut butter beer? Like I'll have it yeah. in like a four ounce sampler and it's exactly. great. Yeah. I'm not going to drink three 12 ounces of that, right? I don't know anybody who really loves sours. All right. Well, that, that's it for the trends. But I'd like to know what you guys think is the best brewery in Cleveland right now. And I went through and made a list, but obviously feel free to add to any of these. The first one I put was the Cleveland Brewery. I thought that had to be the first one. That's located at uh, 777 East 85th Street. Uh, Noble Beast, located at 1470 Lakeside Avenue. Masthead Brewing Company, located at 1261 Superior Avenue. Terrestrial Brewing, they're located at 7524 Father Freschetti. Uh, and the granddaddy of them all, of course, Great Lakes Brewing Company, 2516 Market Avenue. So, Denko, what's your favorite Cleveland brewery right now? This is tough because, as you may know, Miller and I had a wing and beer tour going till the f-ing pandemic ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> and we would hit a different Cleveland brewery every week uh, or at least a couple weeks a month. That's hard, man. I, I You left out a lot, of course, because there, yeah, there's Yeah, it's impossible so to ma- make a list oh, Right, all. right, yeah. of course. There's so so I learned that very quickly this morning. Yeah, so of your options, I'm going to... I'm going to say that the craft breweries, you, you can't go wrong with Great Lakes. However, that's that's a bigger size craft brewery at this point. It, it distributes widely through the United States of America. Um, Noble Beast and Masthead are still pretty local. Masthead has some good beers, good spot. Their beer snob beers are really good, but they are truly beer snob beers. Like you're paying $20 for a four pack of 16 ounce cans, which is ridiculous i think noble beast of the choices you gave me noble beast is right there man like they they don't mess around they don't pretend to be something they're not they make really good beers along the entire spectrum of beers and their food 
it's bar food, but it's good. Like I said, they don't try to be something they're not. And, and there's a reason that Miller and I went there three times on the tour. It just continues to produce what we want. Beer with alcohol, beer that tastes good, and some wings and some pizzas and some food that is easy to eat while you're drinking a bunch of beer. A Noble Beast would have been one of my choices too. Saucy Brewworks, I think, is also great. Paint uh, shaker. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> specifically why. There's a place. Yeah. Uh, it's not actually out of Cleveland. It's called Brew Dog. That is in now in the flats that my wife and I have tried to get into three times. It's out of Scotland. We haven't been able to get in yet. I'm going to go with Goldhorn. Goldhorn is on East 55th. The beer is is good. Not great, but good. But their Polka City, I really enjoy. My favorite thing about it. It's in the middle of an old Slovenian neighborhood. And they have this giant game room with like a giant Genga, Jenga, Yanga, They've got like six or seven video games. They've got like pinball. They've got a couple things. Like I've gone there with my kids, my wife and kids and I have gone there and basically had that entire place to ourselves. And we can sit there and drink and eat and have fun and it's you know no one messes with you nobody cares that i've really enjoyed lately because it's you know a brewery i can go that has a kid's meal but doesn't feel like a kid's place um, oh that's I, good yeah is, is a place i really enjoy and so that's that's been one of my go-to's the last couple times we've gone out uh, fat heads is i like fat heads too but um i would i would go with gold horn over the preference of those chuck so you and i are at a distinct disadvantage here since ne- yeah. neither of us live in cleveland anymore right, but, but uh not I, I can still anything to, to add buddy <laughs> i can still stick to your list at least the ones you represented because yeah. phil is right like great lakes is far reaching and not that i'm all that far from cleveland but that has been here for a very long time and i've sampled a few of their beers so it's the only one i could speak about and say hey i'm gonna go with great lakes beer. Which, yeah. it's a good it's yeah. a good spot it's man. great you know yeah. when you don't live in the state though like i hadn't for over a decade great lakes is like amazing because i could find it in virginia and when you wanted to taste a home and you want some christmas yeah. ale or you want to i mean that that was like anytime i need to go back home and i couldn't get there i could take a liquid vacation by hitting up a wegman's in virginia and picking up some great lakes i'm always surprised still in michigan and i've been here for almost four years uh, how prevalent it is here in a state that does a lot of craft beers uh, i mean every little town you know, up and down the West Coast of Michigan has its own breweries now, but you can still go into almost anywhere and uh, find like a Dortmunder. The Christmas ales are always out, you know, on everybody's menu special for like the winter season and stuff like that. So Great Lakes obviously has like the biggest, the biggest reach of any of these, I think. I think if I had to go with one, it's platform, because it seems to me that anytime we get together in Cleveland, you guys always bring some platform to wherever we're hanging out. And it's, I don't think I've ever had one that was bad. They've all been really good. Yeah. So platform is great to go to too. It's it's yep. you know it's not a it's not a great family place. But like Phil and I have been there. Shantz and Phil and I have been there. I've taken people from out of town. It's a, it's a good time. You but know, that's I, not one you're bringing your kids to though. To there's no, no there's no happy meal no. on the menu. <laughs> you know, if you think about Great Lakes, the branding of that is genius though, right? Because the Great Lakes region covers a lot of states. And so when they when they rebrand when they when they redid their labels and stuff, and it's not obviously cleveland centric like we went to chicago this summer you had great lakes all over the everywhere place. It's yeah. all over yep. in michigan i imagine you can probably get it in, in pennsylvania quite frequently chuck yeah you know it, that's a genius branding because it's a it's region right yeah my, and all uh, these suckers don't even know they're drinking cleveland beer they think it's like my, somewhere nearby them because it's just the great lakes <laughs> my bachelor party in chicago we we're at some some awesome crazy 
restaurant that Bonhart brought us to and we were day drinking, of course. And uh, the, the waiter came over and we, he was just asking us questions like, what, what do you guys want with all this meat that Bonhart just ordered? And uh, we said, well, you know, whatever, you know, whatever beers or some craft beers would be fine, like, the, you know, for the table, whatever. And he's like, well, I've got this great brewery out of this little town called Cleveland called Great Lakes. Like, well, <laughs> like f*** you, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we'll, take a, we'll take a round of Great Lakes beers for everybody around the table that is from Cleveland, for yeah, sure. Yeah. You do Traveled take it from granted way. here, though, right? Because they, yeah, right, they yeah, like, right. they're like the Budweiser of Cleveland because they've been yep. around yeah. for since yeah. the 80s and your parents yep. drank it. And, and it's know, actually still a great work. place to go to, man. Like, their location. nooks in there. It is cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I haven't been to that place in years. Cool. Glad it's still working out. See you, Miller. Miller's out. Um, with that, <laughs> He's going now. Fellas. He's going right now. <laughs> we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that three-time Super Bowl loser Tom Brady is retiring. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> with that news conclusively determining that Brady is finally listening to me. Maybe. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together again and do this real soon. And somebody tell Miller we're done. Absolutely. <laughs> he would have just yelled toodles or something at the end anyway. <laughs> and from nobody out of nowhere. Myrtle Beach, though. Yeah, nobody wins in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> When they're losing, they're getting out rebound, out rebounded. Par- pardon me, but um... was the Cavs outscored Milwaukee fifty-seven to fifteen from with on the you're the jogger, I'm the jogger. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think I uh, think here we go. Ready. You guys ready? In the microphone. Jetty Osman. Jetty Osman. Jetty Osman. So it's not even Osman. We're saying his last name wrong too. Jeez. (laughs) All right. God, that guy almost hate us. (laughs) The emphasis on the wrong syllable. That's right. (laughs) Seven and two in the conference and third in the, I'm sorry. Let's talk beer and take a look at some of the indice. <clears throat> I'm here in Joe Rogan's basement. We've been popping Ivanectrin all day long and we ran out. So we had to go uh, suck off uh, his neighbor's horse, try to get some more. And <clears throat> Sorry, shit's vis- viscous. All right. Well, a bunch of that's going to get edited. You think Brendan Yu uses the eye test or is more of a me first sort of guy? What does Brendan you use the GM of the charge, right? GM of the charge. That was a good callback right there. GM of the charge. I'm with you, Miller. (laughs) Um, Whatever he does, he's doing a great job. Don't you work at Ball? You did work at Ball. No, No? we're not supposed to talk about that. Purposes of this podcast, I'm an independent contractor. (laughs) Who happens to look and sound like someone that works someplace? (laughs) So say he'll have to blip that out. (laughs) (laughs) And we beat them twice.
twice this season. Yeah. All right. Oh, the second time didn't count though. They weren't didn't, every, didn't play their best players. It always counts because we didn't That's play right. our best players either. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have good players. We had our best players. Well, <laughs> but, Zach Baker, right? We barely played Nick Chubb. Yeah. All right. All right. You know. Um treat my body like the pinata it is. <laughs> Beat it and treats will come out. Like it's a like a summer vice, good. Yeah. You put like an orange in it. If I'm IPAs were an orange in my beer. And amber oh, loggers were imagine tea. dragons, which one would you suck their dick? <laughs> it's wing night at the table. I... About a girl under the age of 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Named Amber. Um, no, <laughs> no. Uh... Miller, did you not receive any of my text messages all day? No, I haven't gotten a single text message today. Oh, my gosh. I've been asking all day if you're going to show up tonight. <laughs> oh, you know, what? I got I got a new phone and I haven't logged into the text free app. I just and I just now clicked it. Now they showed up. Normally, they just message me like normal thing. I'm here, by the way. I'm I, I, I got, <laughs> got it. <laughs> it all worked out. <laughs> Is there no Burke tonight? No, no, he had to put the he had to put the boys to bed because we'll Ann's... see that text in a second too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was explained to, to you, Miller. <laughs> Very busy. Sorry, I'm catching up to every text that I've missed since yeah. I got the new phone, which was on Thursday. Oh boy, <laughs> Johnny on the spot. <laughs> Nothing important happened. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look up. <laughs> Well, we just lost you, Miller. That's Miller's pissed. That's Miller. You mean the Cavs aren't going to win the conference? (laughs) (laughs) I would text him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now he might get his text. (laughs) Somebody's mom's really named Attila. That's still a name. Oh, that's the dad. The dad's Attila. What? (laughs) What? Yeah, Mary Lou. Definitely not the the mom. or definitely well, not the dad. No, it's I stopped Attila. when the I dad heard is Attila. Attila. Yeah, I I thought the same name. thing, Chuck. Man, I thought Attila. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> hey, good. Miller, how you doing? I think the Lady Blue Streakers are going to win the conference. <laughs> as I was saying, as you were saying, Dine them and drop it. All right. So Mary Lou and Attila Nagy are the proud parents of Olivia Nagy, who is a senior at John Carroll. Um, yeah. Then they've decided they're hiring McCown. Is that what's happening? No, no they're, no, hiring, they're McDaniels. hiring McDaniels. McDaniels. And Ziggler yeah. is going in as their GM. So two yeah. Carroll guys. Two Carroll yeah. guys. Yeah. Now's your chance, Chucky. So they're going to trade here, boys. <laughs> they're going to trade Derek Carr. Might be a better, I just be I need every list it. of the titles you gave me so I can put it on my resume for that. <laughs> <laughs> And then Manzel shit on Cleveland. Yeah, like Burke was texting. Us perfect. That's hilarious. Manzel. I love that. Uh, I love that. I love that. 
I like that Johnny Manziel could could be critical of anything sucking. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How's that fan controlled football league going? Yeah. Uh, you guys we, starting again? We provided him with his one career highlight, which was getting drafted in the first round. That's so right. I think a thank you yeah. note is in order. If our city sucks, you fit right in, my friend. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. If he could you could thrive be mayor if if under Leon Kyle Bibbs kid wasn't uh <laughs> Is he Leon Bibbs' kid? I just assumed. I don't think so. I don't think he is. That would be oh, great. Really? I can look on my. He's screen. never referenced not, as. I have Leon not Bibbs looked that kid. up, that, but that I have not heard that. Right, right. <laughs> and see, yeah. I have like a supercomputer opening question for Chuck, and I didn't <laughs> use it today because I didn't think he was going to be on. Because Leon Bibbs' kids are our age. Because I went. That guy I could be our age. He's younger. Justin Bibb is Cleveland at forty-five. He's thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Maybe it's his grandkid. Uh, that that, um, because I went to uh, my freshman year at OU in orientation. I had Leon, Bib- Leon Bibb's daughter in my orientation class. Yes. How'd that go? As well as you think. <laughs> so you, you miss any text from her these last couple of days? <laughs> we went to Trinity High School. Yeah. Wow, so Way after we were out of school. Personal mm-hmm. life. Uh, Bibb's late father, Donald Bibb. Oh, oh that's, was a, that's who I meant. Was a police officer. Donald Bibb. Yes. Yeah. First dad was a cop. In Cleveland Heights for over 30 years. Bibb's cousin, Leon Bibb, is an American oh. news anchor and commentator oh, for WKYC right. Cousins. Second nice. cousin, got to be at least. This the amount of growth that non-alcoholic beer has seen in yep. the last two or three years is insane. Like during the AFC championship game, they had a uh, non-alcoholic Budweiser commercial. So I, I, I don't drink beer a lot for the taste still. So right. It doesn't make <laughs> yeah, much right. sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I still drink it to, to get a little. F- yeah. You want the alcohol, right? Like yes. if I want something with, if I want something for the taste, like lemonade and iced tea and chocolate milk still exist. Like what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You know what though? It, it, it serves like a, um, it's like a social yeah, construct yeah, yeah, thing. It's like, yeah. you're, if you're going to hang out, like I'm, we made a pretty legit effort at like a dry January. I noticed uh, with we, all your tea garbage yeah. water drinking during the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, we, we cut back like seriously. I think we did about like 10 days straight with nothing. That's um, impressive, man. That is and impressive. um I'm lucky to go two days in a row without alcohol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the way that's the way I was. I I was drinking almost every day, basically yeah. every day. Man, took 10, 10 days off, and the biggest problem was that I felt f-ing great. Damn Woke it. up five in the morning, sit straight up out of bed, like ready to go, man. <laughs> We've tried to like cut back, but you lose. I mean, this has been the number one thing I've do- done to hang out mm. for 25 years. You know, like it, that's a long yeah. time. What I don't know, I don't know anything else to do. And so I think maybe like the non-alcoholic beer, it's just something to like have in your hand and be talking to people and be hanging out and be drinking something. I don't know. I'm not going to do it. I, I haven't started drinking non-alcoholic stuff, but um, <laughs> it seems to me it's something where you have to pick your spots, right? As someone who's had some issues from this stuff over the past couple of years, <laughs> I can tell you that there does become a point in time where you're like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not even touch it than have to deal with that. But at the same time, you know, you'd go without it and you feel great physically. It is nice every once in a while to come home and you're making dinner and you're like, you know what? I am stressed the f- out. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to the gym. It's 13 below, and I've got three kids to put in bed in about 20 minutes. Plus, I'm cooking the dinner. But I can take a quick liquid vacation. And if I keep it to two, I'm going to be just fine. Or if I'm doing a podcast and I have to be funny, I might have to drink six or seven. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. (laughs) You you don't. (laughs) The rest of us, maybe. (laughs) You don't. I think it's me dues. But, uh, you know, it's... It is a little bit of a, you know, you have to pick your spots. If it's a, for me, it becomes an issue if it's an everyday. For a while, there was every day you come home, and that was the transition from work to leave. Yeah. And it's another thing if you're consciously making the decision of what it is, or if you're doing something where you have to physically transport yourself, knowing I have a, a very strict limit on what that is before I'm, you know, or else someone else is driving. So those are, yeah. you know, but if you find, you find this sort of balance between the uh, sort of, um, you know, the, the chained up, uh, I, I'm not doing it because it's not yeah. to do versus the, okay. And it's not the social pressure. It's just, I enjoy it. I enjoy the taste of it. I enjoy how it makes me feel to a certain effect. What are the parameters in which you can manage that, that, um, you know, it can be balanced if you, if, unless you actually have some sort of problem, that's a different story. It became like a habit, you know, it's, you know, it's a couple of glasses of wine with dinner or like a, like a glass of bourbon after dinner. And then it's like, okay, well, on Tuesdays, I have my run club and we end up at the bar at the end of the run and we all have a few beers and hang out. Uh, and then Wednesday, I was doing dinner with like my brother-in-law and like another guy in town. And so we're, we're going to the brewery and we're sitting down and we're eating. And then by Thursday, you know, Tammy's, you know, wants to go out on a date. So we're, we're drinking. And then it's the weekend. And then you realize, like, fuck, there's never been a break. <laughs> and when we're doing the show. We're doing, like, it was. Um, or it's all sh- been breaks. <laughs> <laughs> One There are some things vacation. I do need. There are a couple things I need to think about. <laughs> uh, and then, so you're, you're drinking seven days a week. And that's not good. So, so was your breaking no. point the show we did where you drank a fifth? <laughs> like, that was, that was pretty that was, good. That was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start from the bottom now. Look where he is. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. With with Nate Clements or whoever the fuck it was at quarterback. I, I just don't think there's any quarterback Nick out there. <laughs> Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. Nate Clements. Who is like Nick a quarterback, quarterback DB right? somewhere yeah, at <laughs> Ohio State? <laughs> <laughs> like in 1997. <laughs> That was close, though. Ha <laughs> uh, ha! You guys know I everybody's think, uh, name so good. <laughs> Fuck yourselves. <laughs> my show. It's my island. Uh, yeah, right. I'm the king of peel. Peel. You're the key of peel. So there, there's a uh, like the Browns going into next Weed season. Miller. All these other, all these other quarterbacks. Hour. Yeah, all these other quarterbacks. Like no one, no one is definitely better than Baker Mayfield, except. Deshaun Watson, right? That's it. Like all these other available quarterbacks. It's like, all right, what are we oh, just, yeah. we're just, we're just yeah. trading another? We're, yeah. It's the same shit. No. Kirk Cousins is st- statistically better, but we're in, but his man, record is it, not. It, it, like, and Kirk if you Cousins, saw that Zimmer yeah. quote I put on the Duolingo thing or whatever the hell you call that. Um, <laughs> that is Discord. my favorite quote by, yes, that is my favorite quote by an exiting head, co- head coach yeah. ever. It's not it's real, just, is it? 
I think it is. Oh, jeez. The dude's like in his late sixties. I don't think he's you know looking yeah. to. This is his last again. job. Probably. Like he's like, yeah. I, I, you know, I was I was like sixty when I got this gig. I now have a twenty-five year old Playboy playmate girlfriend. You know, how's my ass taste, everybody? Jeez, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pee real quick. If yeah, go ahead. Talk about beers. It's gonna make me want to pee more. Funny. Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?